Hello, hello, and welcome to season three of the Cleverly Changing podcast. Our podcast is all about learning how to educate your kids. I'm one of the hosts, Elle Cole, and this is episode 46. Today's episode is a conversation with Jerima. She is the founder of Burst Into Books, which is an online community and club for young readers. Before we jump right in, let me introduce myself. I am an entrepreneur, mom to twin girls, and this podcast is not only for parents who homeschool their children, but it is for all parents who want to supplement their child's education. Our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share. If you want to keep this podcast going, please consider supporting it by donating via our Patreon page at a low monthly cost. Visit patreon.com slash cleverlychanging. Today's African proverb is, you don't want to weigh from the rain based on the wind, and that is a Lingala proverb. This proverb means that you should not run away because of false alarms. It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by the Congolese. Mbote. Mbote means hello in Lingala. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Cleverly Changing podcast. I am one of your hosts, Elle, and this is episode 46. Wow. You know, we are in season three, and we are excited to have you as a just a listener. We want to give you an opportunity to hear from a new guest. But before we do that, we want to kind of um, introduce ourselves. I'm a mom of twins. And I love education, I love learning, and that's really what I'm trying to instill in my children, the love of learning. And that's what we try to do on this podcast. Miriam, can you tell everybody a little bit about who you are? Hi, I'm Miriam, mama to four little babies. Well, they're not all babies anymore, but <laughs> I still feel like they are. <laughs> and um, I am a budding urban farmer, and a lover of all things natural and botanical. <laughs> and that's me. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so we have a special guest and we really want her to go ahead and just introduce herself and let everybody know how awesome she is. <laughs> oh, wow. Hi, I am Jerima Gorham. I am a mother of a nine-year-old now. He became nine last month. Um, his name is James. I'm also an educator. I've been teaching now. This is my 13th year. And I also have a nonprofit that's called Burst Into Books, which we are just 
a little bit over two years in being an organization. And so I similarly, I just love everything education. I love everything connected to community building. I'm very big about serving. And so a lot of the work that we do with the Inversion to Books is rooted in education, but also how can we serve the communities that we're in? And so um, I'm, I'm really excited to be able to be here to talk more about all those things. Yay, we are excited to have <laughs> you with us, to talk to us. All that you know relates to education is something that is close to our hearts. So to have a bona fide educator who's been doing it for many, many years is a treat. So we want to just go ahead and jump into this conversation and get started. Um, you mentioned that you are a mom and that you have a nine-year-old. Can you kind of tell us a little bit of um, about what type of education you have chosen for your child? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because since his birth, he's been actually in a couple of different settings. And so when he was first born, I actually took a year off of teaching just because I wanted to be home and just work with him and be there for all those moments <laughs> that, uh, you know, happened within that first year. And once we started looking for what would be the best setting for him as far as a school, he actually started in a Montessori school. And so he was in a Montessori school for, I would say, the first three and a half years of his life um but right before he turned four is when we ended up changing him and he actually attended a private school um again I was really big about the setting and the culture and the feel of the spaces and so I, I felt like Montessori was a really great foundation piece for him as far as the way to interact with learning um just is really big about citizenship and community and um I really just love the way that they just made learning a part of play. And so it wasn't this stringent schedule and um, potty training, all those things were a part of the whole system. And so um, it really just like an everyday extension of what we did at home. Um, once we put them in a private school, similarly, I love, it's a smaller feel. Um, actually, we became really great friends with a family from the Montessori school who recommended the school that he attended. And so her son, along with our son, um, they've been friends since they were two. They attended this private school together as well. And so he actually stayed there until last year. Uh, he did the um, testing for like gifted and all of that good stuff. And he was on the forever never ending waiting list of all these schools. And he did get into one of the schools and he actually went there last year. Um, However, it, it really wasn't a good fit for us. And, and I thought that to be interesting because I think academically, um, again, I'm really big about the whole feel. And so even for him, it was a shift because he just wasn't used to being in a setting where everything was so driven about tech scores. And it was very uh, even like competitive. competitive and even the discipline was very rigid. And, you know, he's just used to being in a setting where because it's smaller, we already know each other. It's more of a, a family feel. Like the teachers, we they all knew my number. You know, it was just very different going to this school, which was a larger and academically it pushed him. But he just really um, actually had a shift of his perspective. My son has always loved going to school. It was the first time I ever heard him not want to go or mm. he felt very, um, he just didn't feel welcome, you know? And mm. um, and so we then went back exploring a private school, which he fell in love with. And 
but by the time before I can transfer him there this year, you know, everything happened with this pandemic. <laughs> so I didn't want to take him into a private school to have to pay and uh, all of that, especially because it was not going to be the same feel when we went for open house in December. And so actually this year we have chosen to homeschool him. So this year, um, since I'm, oh wow, yeah, since I'm teaching at home, and my schedule is, is a, you know, I was able to find out my teaching schedule. I teach high school. I was able to make it that, um, you know, I'm like, I'm going to just teach them. And so it's actually been a really great experience because it's allowed me to be honest, to find out things about him that I didn't know. Right. Or even yes. he's always yes. been a really good, you know, test taker and great grades, but I'm, I'm finding gaps and I'm finding um, just even just some character things. I think it's just like a great opportunity for us to work through during this time. So currently right. homeschooling. <laughs> yeah. Question, since you're just stepping into homeschooling, how, how is he enjoying the, the process? And do you think that he's going to want to return to the classroom? You, so how about, teacher, I should say. <laughs> so the funny thing is he's already told me he wants to homeschool for life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the answer to that question <laughs> but um but to be honest I think in the beginning it was actually a shift for me because of being so used to like this eight to three school schedule da, 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 da. like it was actually more of a shift for me than him because I'm like oh you need to be up by this time you need to be doing x y and z and then I have friends who are part of other homeschooling networks and as I was talking to them it was really about understanding that this is really centered around the child right and right. I mean it you know it's not as stringent like as long as they get the things done throughout the day like it, it got done like it didn't have to be at 9 a.m that they did math like you know right. if you learn that your child is more uh you know not as alert maybe you want to start with physical activity first versus this sex you know what I mean it's just like really customize it to him and so once I think I got in line with understanding that it ha didn't have to be this every minute of the hour type thing um mm -hmm. we were able to really work through it and so to be honest I I really enjoy it because it also allows him to actually have more ownership of it right we create a system it's like hey these are the things that needs to happen he checks it off he goes to his sites he does what he needs to do he takes breaks when he needs to take a break, you know what I mean? And I, I really have accustomed to it. And, it. and it works with me because, you know, my my schedule is a little bit more stringent because I am teaching, but um, it, we're able to be flexible in that area, so. All right, so there are so many things I wanna <laughs> unpack that you just said. <laughs> so first I wanna kind of define what Montessori is for, you know, there are some families that don't know what a Montessori school is. I know for many of us who are online, we see so many hands-on activities and we see the Montessori um, people who are like on Instagram doing Montessori type things and we see it, but there are some people who honestly don't know about Montessori schools. So can you kind of define that for yeah. our listeners? Um, it's really learning through exploration. 
right? And, and, and children really gravitating towards something and you working with their natural curiosity of that thing, right? And so they have stations. So when he was in um, his school, they had stations. So they'll have, you know, a station for, for letter sounds, a station for math and reading. And even um, they have some like character building stations, like they'll have different team building activities. And they really had like a set schedule and they'll have outdoor play. But everything, you know, they kind of rotate in these stations and the teacher is more of a facilitator of that learning versus the direct, this is where it comes from. And so because they're in stations, they're also interacting with other kids that have gravitated to that station as well. And they're able to like, oh, you're playing with this or what else sounds like this, you know, and they're able to really like interact with them um, as they're already, it's, it's considered play, but more so they are just exploring. They're trying to figure out how do these things connect? And they're able to build upon that. And then they will encourage them. Of course, you won't be at the same station all day, but they'll encourage them to explore other areas throughout the room. And through that, they're able to, you know, really like teach them. And so it's a very, I would say a non-threatening way and just a very, um, just a natural part of like kids that want to figure things out anyway, you know? Right. And so being able to help them through that way. And then they'll give us suggestions at home because I know also what I was used to is, you know, even at some schools starting from pre-K, they're getting packets of work and they're getting this and that, and they're not getting that, you know, they'll just give us suggestions of like, hey, when you all are gross at the grocery store, like these are some suggestions of things or they'll let us know what they're doing within the classroom so we can reinforce it, but right. it's not as like, okay, now drilling skills and when they get home, like really, as they're doing things, you should just always be incorporating, which I really appreciate it um, for him. Right, it's a very inclusive method. Very inclusive. And it's something that families um, who are home with their kids can adopt that sort of philosophy yeah. and incorporate it into their homeschool, but it's kind of a system and a way of doing things. And exactly. so I just, I think it's important for families to understand that, you know, these systems are things that we can take things that work for us as homeschoolers and apply it to our lessons and our lives and see if it works for our kids. But I love the Montessori concept because it is child-led. Yeah. It does allow for exploration and it's not so, um, you know, routine and strict like when I was in school, in public school as a child. And so it just, it gives, it's more open-ended and it gives yeah. the child more of a say. And I think that's just helpful for our kids to have that understanding that you can make decisions, you yeah. can choose things and it's okay. You can make great choices while you're young. And that's really some of the lessons that are reinforced. Yeah, yeah so. that's why I like the Montessori approach as well because it is very, um, non-threatening like you said it doesn't feel like you know compulsory you're they're getting a chance to put their hands in things and play with things and explore things and I mean even the instructional things have fun names like the stamp yeah. game and you know yeah. the bank game everything is a game sort of thing even though once you really get into it it's not so much a game but yeah they've already, you know, they're already invested in it by the time they realize right. it isn't quite exactly the kind of game I was thinking, right? But I like the, um, the methodology is very, um, 
it, it just makes sense for explaining things. It's kind of like the natural thought process that tends to go with a lot of things. And the kids are much more um, absorbent of that because it just fits into life naturally and not, you know, you have to wrap your brain around some concept, you know, it just right. is what it is. And, and they get it and they don't forget it either. Right. I think the foundation, like how you introduce learning to a child is so important. Like, yeah. and I think that once they are exposed to a certain way, like my son, I mean, there are Montessori, like elementary and high schools. My cousin actually went to a Montessori school from birth up and, and it's amazing. And you know, I, I think you just have to find the fit for your child. But I, I believe that regardless of what you pick along the way, the beginning is so important. And so I think that that is why for him, that shift to a very like test driven, you know, that kind of culture is not how he looks at learning, right? And so right. being in a space where now everything is task oriented, he's like, this is, this is fun. <laughs> like, what is this? Right, it, it feels like, like work. It feels like work, Like, but he just yeah. likes to read and he loves science and he loves that, but I shouldn't have to do it because I have this project or this benchmark. Like I'm going to hit the benchmark just because I love to do this work, you know? And so, um, yeah, I think that just really mattered to me that he has a very positive relationship when it comes to learning things. It is not, it shouldn't be a chore to have to go to school and do these things, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So you you had also mentioned something else that I wanna touch on, two other things. Uh -huh. One is that you have to have a system. You found a system that works for you and you kind of touched on, at first you were doing things like you would normally do as a teacher because that was how you were trained. But when you come into the homeschool setting, you realize you're not making your home a carbon copy yeah. of the classroom. Yeah. And when you do, that actually adds stress in the home. And so you kind of have to find a way to adapt mm -hmm. for your home in order to find a new flow. And as you called it, a new system. Yeah. And so I, I love that you brought that up because I think that is so critical for families that are finding out what homeschool is. Yeah. Because I think for all of us, we kind of go into it the way we were taught. <laughs> you know how either as an educator or as a student, you know, yeah. most of us went to a school and we're like, well, it's kind of like we, we, when we're little, they say play school. And so now we have our kids and we're gonna play school, but that's not necessarily how most homeschools are done because it's a, it becomes a lifestyle in our homes. Mm -hmm. And depending on your kid, you have to see how do I help my kid be self-sufficient so that they can learn on their own. The goal is that you want your kid to find things that they love and thrive at them not just complete some work. <laughs> so the goals are a little bit different. So I love that you just mentioned that because I think for a lot of new homeschoolers, that is the biggest hurdle. And I also think that is when that system isn't something that they've been able to develop, some people feel like I can't do this. Right. And so that may not be the case. It may be that you just have to return to the drawing board and rethink what we say in the homeschool world is start de-schooling. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where, you know, you talked about it for yourself. You had to find a new system that worked for you 
you know, first and foremost. And I think when you're de-schooling, it's not just for the child, it's also for us. So can you, um, I guess, just very briefly talk about, you know, how you, um, what system, what your system is that works for you? Because it could possibly be something that could help someone else. Yeah, so for me, I really, first of all, I started with, like I said, having this very strict, like, okay, if I'm up by this time, he should be up this time, da, da, da. And then I quickly saw that that wasn't working. <laughs> and if anything, it was becoming a very stressful situation for both of us. And so the first thing I did was we actually sat down together and developed this schedule. Like we looked at like, hey, you know, throughout the week, these are the goals we want to hit, right? So we want to do math this number of days we want to do this this number of days okay i want you to like a part of this i want him to be reading a book like studying a book okay what what book are you interested in like i let him pick the book that he's going to start reading you know all right so it's this many chapters you know how many chapters you want to like him setting goals for these different things so that was very helpful as well and then when it came to the actual curriculum you know, the state has their standards, like the common core standards and the things that he, he has to master. But just like in a school, the way you arrive to mastery is not the same, right? And so as long as you are engaging with those skills, then we got it, right? And so we started, I started doing the work of looking at what were some online platforms that we could use, um, what were some other like workout books and handouts that I can kind of use that can be, um, you know, utilized during this time. Um, we got, I got subscriptions during this time. There's a lot of, if not free or very reduced subscriptions. So we, we have a subscription with RAS kids. Khan Academy has their whole like fourth grade mastery sequence. So I just started to see what's already out there because I don't have time to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> so what's already been created that could be very helpful for us. Um, I'm a science teacher by trade. And so just being able to look up different ways that we can incorporate different parts of science. And so it, I think the very first part of de-schooling was understanding that he should have a say in this schedule, right? And and once he had a say, he was invested in it. He got excited about it, you yeah. know? He's able to see like, oh, this is what we're doing. You know, there are certain days to be honest, giving ourselves grace. Like maybe we had a long day the night before, you know, but you reading is going to suffice. You know what I'm saying? You doing this, yes. you know, giving yourself, it's okay. It doesn't have to be the stringent day one, day two, day three. Um, you know, I think that that has been the part. And then understanding just because you're not in front of a computer or doing worksheet doesn't mean you stop learning. So maybe we didn't get to do the handout, but you know what? You're going to help me cook tonight. And, and while we're cooking, we're going to talk about, you know, some of the, you know, we're going to look at mom's grocery list. We're going to do measurements. You know, we're going we gonna to incorporate learning in everything that we do. So that, I think, was a part of a de-schooling for both of us. Him feeling like, oh, I really do have a say. And me understanding learning is universal. It happens all day. It's not just during this, this set time frame. Right, right. And... I feel like that is so important because yeah. it does help families realize that it's okay to, it's okay to learn because yeah. when our kids are learning, we're also learning. It's like, we're reinforcing these lessons because honestly, a lot of this stuff, we, <laughs> I mean, there are things that we use yeah. that our kids are learning, <laughs> but we forget them. And yeah. so we have to kind of brush up 
and um, reacclimate ourselves with these mm-hmm. lessons. And so it's like we get excited along with our kids and that makes them more excited. So it just kind of um, ignites a whole new pathway for both the parent and the child as they learn. So I just love that you're talking about these things that Miriam and I both have, you know, this is how our homeschool journey has been. And so to hear that you're on the journey and you're giving your kid a say, that is so important because our children are so, you know, they're so used to being forced to do things. And so we always have to be careful about just saying, do it because I said so, you know, that (laughs) famous saying, because we want them to realize this is something that, you know, you can learn anything in this world if you're motivated. And that's what we want our kids to realize that, you know, there is nothing hindering you from success. You are capable of doing anything and so as we try to instill that into our kids we have to model that as we teach them and homeschooling is a great way to do that because you know what lessons to reinforce you know you know you you mentioned it early you know what your kid is weaker in and so you have opportunities to see different ways to you know um bridge those gaps Mm -hmm. where you see them and help them be more proficient and so i just thought it was such a wonderful foundation that you shared of the beginning journey and the stages. I think also the last thing I'll say is just also them having a new um, relationship with making mistakes, right? Because even today we had an incident. My son has been somewhat struggling with simplifying fractions. And so we've been working through that and, you know, different platforms and tools and um, and because he's used to at times just like catching on because this is his hang up, he's like, oh my gosh, I did so, you know, like he, so he did this online platform to test and he got a nine out of 15 and he was just so upset about it. And he came to me with it and I'm like, it's okay. You know, we'll go over the ones, you know, you got wrong and, you know, and so he's like, oh, and so when he, and I was teaching when he first showed me. So when I came to him, I said, what was wrong? He said, oh, I just thought you would be mad because I got. Six, six wrong I'm like why would I be mad you're learning you know I'm like I'm like and then when once we did like two or three he's like oh I just forgot to find the greatest comment I'm like yeah you know it's just you have to refresh your memory but I think that it's just him being used to and I think in many ways you know everything is like hey you got to get this grade you got to get this score you know and him just understanding like being in a a, a culture of you don't want to mess up. You don't really want to raise your hand and say the wrong answer and, and all those things and seeing like, this is a safe space. This, I mean, mommy make mistakes as well. You know, I'm teaching, you hear me? We'll look up something right away while I'm teaching. This, it's okay. This is an opportunity for you to learn from that. And so looking at mistakes as just lessons and not like condemnation, you won't get this, you know, like it's, it's okay. It's all right. You know, and so him, him being okay with that, made it to be okay if he made another error because he doesn't feel so into the world with it so yeah what you just talked about i think is what all of us parents need to embrace in life yeah um among ourselves you know as well as our kids mistakes are okay you know and i think when you have a child that has been um tested as gifted. I think it's easy to 
your expectations always to be very high. But at the same time, they're, they're still intelligent even when they do things wrong. And so you have to understand that the, um, the learning process has many ebbs and flows and that does not um, dictate intellect. And yeah. so in homeschooling, you know, it's so many lessons that you, the parent, are learning in the experience. And I think that um, lesson of it's okay to make mistakes is one of the, one of the most important. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're hitting right on the head. You know, mistakes are okay. In fact, they are inevitable. If you're living and breathing, they're going to come. And it doesn't have to mean the end of the world. And it doesn't mean that everything is just going to crash down and burn around you. It just means I need to read, I need to circle back. When we do this one part again, or however many parts it is, until you find the, the blend that actually makes it, you know, makes it successful. Yeah. So one of the things that you really reiterated throughout the conversation is the importance of reading and learning you know you mentioned that on some of your days off which it is okay to take days off of homeschooling um you just let him read and i think that's really um parallel to your nonprofit. so can you kind of talk about the importance of reading and why you push it and encourage it yeah for me um reading is just the foundation of everything right and i believe that reading ex exposes you to maybe things you don't have access to at that moment, but it, it sparks your curiosity. You're able to um, make connections with other experiences that you've had. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times through reading, you're doing all of these different skills that you would have to incorporate in your core subject. So I believe reading is a, amazing because you do problem solving, right? You're like critical thinking, you're, you know, making connections, you're learning new vocabulary, you are, um, seeing wordplay and just how that plays out. And then also, if you're into something, like I, I'm always encouraging my son, like he's beer, he loves nature and he loves just anything about that. And so because of that, if he's reading something, it's going to, he's gonna come across something he didn't see before or know before. And it may actually introduce him to something that he may quote unquote don't like, right? But because it's connected to this, it's gonna make him go look that up. Or he's like, wow, what does this word mean? And I'm always, well, go look it up, you know, tell me what it means. And that introduces him to something else that he may start reading a different type of text that he probably wouldn't have picked up before. And so I think a lot of times, um, when I'm talking to families and talking to even, you know, parents that I work with that I teach their students, they're like, oh, you know, if it comes to reading, they're trying to change what they're reading or trying to force them to read something. I'm like, you know, let them read what they love because that is going to draw them to one of the explorers of other things. And, mm -hmm. and naturally, my students that I teach, um, and I see this even with my son, who are just avid readers, excel across the board. And it's not because... Um, they're reading about science, social studies, and, and history, and PE. It's just because they're just being exposed. They've been able to see it in different contexts, and it makes sense when they see it in this textbook now, you know? And um, I'm always just really big about having them read. I feel like reading, 
I mean, anything. You can't do any subject and you don't read. Even when I'm teaching my science, they're like, Miss Gordon, we doing math. Well, math and science is, is, is reading. You know, social studies is reading. Math is word problems. I mean, cooking, even my kids who love music, you need to read and learn the terminology. You know, everything is connected. So um, if anything, I think that if you have your kids reading, they can't help but be taught all these other things at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you tell us um, just a little bit about how your foundation goes to kind of, in, um, I guess, just reinforce that lesson in other families? Yeah, so um, what started our nonprofit was our book clubs. And so my son, I started, you know, in 2018, and I couldn't really find a space for him and his friends that encouraged like having a, a book club that was consistent. So we created our own and it has created all these other programming. But when I thought about um, reading and just how I can introduce it to only him, but then other families that are involved, I'm like, what if you had a complete interactive experience when it comes to reading? I think a lot of times when we're teaching kids about reading, we're like, oh, what is this? Oh, this is the author. Oh, this is the illustrator. Oh, this is the table of contents and you know, all these different parts. But what happens when you actually like meet an author, right? Or meet an illustrator? It doesn't become like this objective, you know, like this big thing is like, oh, this actually is a person. And so a part of what we do in our programming is really just make it full circle. And so everything that we do, we do author story times um, in each of our book clubs. We have guest authors. Um, a lot of times the book that they've read that month, the author is the guest. And so they're able to actually get in their head and see like, how did they start this? They're able to see that they can be an author themselves, you know, that the reason I wrote this book is because I didn't see enough of this and that's why I wrote it. And kids get the wild idea that they can do the same thing. Like, you know what? I don't like these kind of books either, but let me write the kind of books that I like to read, you know? And so um, that has, I believe, been really encouraging for our families because we started with even our baby group like we have our first group is six months to three years old but we they have guest authors they have reading you know books that they read each month encouraging the parents to interact with their kids I'm like they are listening they are grasping they are understanding trust me and I, I, you know kids who are a part of our book club because we do from September to May they meet at least 10 authors a year right and so for them this isn't, this isn't a foreign thing. Like this is actually a profession they could possibly do. They can, they meet different types. We got graphic novelists, we have poets, we have all different types of writers that come. And so even that could be an encouragement of like, huh, I don't like poetry, but he seems like a cool poet. Maybe I'll read his book, you know? <laughs> so um, just finding different ways to pull them in. So that's why I always am encouraging families, let them gravitate to what they like because eventually there's going to be a pool that exposes them to other things. And so um, our programs are really centered about literacy-based programs. Even when we did our Pain and Sip, it was based on Toni Morrison, right? They, 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 they like painted her book club cover, you know what I mean? And they're introduced to another writer. Just everything that we do, even if it's hands-on arts, is going to get tied into reading in some way. So, so in our book club... In the book clubs, are we separating them according to genre or age range or? Um... Yeah, yeah. So they're they're separated by age. So we have five different groups. Um, our youngest group, we do six months to three. We have four to seven, eight to 10. We have a preteen group and then a high school group. And so within that, each, each month they have a focus group of the month. The books are 
from month to month, typically changing by genres. And so that they're able to be exposed to different types of writers. And then we also have a different author each month. And they were really big about our books being representative of the kids that we teach. And so the, um, the protagonists and the books are all centered around um, children of color. So those, that's also an aspect, them being able to introduce and see different writers as well who look like them, so. Oh, that's Wait, wonderful. So they are, hold on a second. So they're um, centered, most of the books are centered on black and brown. Voices. They all are, they all are. Oh, that's <laughs> extra bonus. <laughs> yeah, they all are. And so, um, and then we do it, you know, we because everything with COVID, now everything is virtual, but we still have the same setup. So each group meets at a different time. Each has their own teacher. Each has their, like right now, because of virtual, each person has their own Google Classroom. Um, but it's been, it's been really great. So we just had our third one because we've been doing it since September. And our next one, we do it every third Saturday of the month. Okay, so since we're virtual now, does this mean that we are able to reach more children or are you still keeping it with you? Oh, so the amazing thing is because it's virtual, we've been able to not only meet, reach more children, but have more authors from different areas. So like even this past one, our author, we had an author from Trinidad, which was so dope, right? And then we had one from New Jersey. And because of the work we do, like there have been people that I've tried to get out and they're like, oh, you know, before this is like flying you out, trying to find another event or, and so because of this location is no longer a hindrance. And so we have families from different cities that are participating It's like my best friend, my goddaughter now, she's in Cleveland now, she could be a part of it, right? So it's, you know, different people are able to join because it is virtual, which has been an extra bonus. So I know once we get out of this, I can't stop it, right? <laughs> so we have to continue to do virtual because we have pulled in these different families. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Now, if people are listening right now, how do they um, take part? How do they become a part of it? Yeah, so if you go to our website, which is barsonsabus.org and you click on events, we have a tab that says book club. And so that's where you will register. And then from there, we will, you know, put you in the, in the group that you belong to. You'll get a welcome email and all of that. And you will be able to each month know um, it's a, because it's a, a membership group is free, but we make everything safe. So you get your, the Zoom link and all of that. So it's secure and you're able to join. And it's a rolling enrollment. So you can come anytime. And so you'll be able to get updated on when the books, what the book is of the month and all of that great stuff as well. And then our author story times we do throughout the month as well. And it's also under events and you can just click it and you'll see when the next author story time will be. Awesome, awesome. So everybody, I will put that information in the show notes for you to check out and learn more information about the group. Now, I know that you have a promotion coming up in December. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so for um, the month of December, we are pushing a few things. And so for our author story times, for each one, we, we do a book raffle um, so that families can start like adding to their home library. So once you sign up to or see what the date is, you can enter your name to win a copy of the book from that author. So that's a promotion that we're pushing really big. Uh, we also, like I said, 
we are doing, um, in, in addition to book club, we also do tutoring. So we're actually doing a, a discounted for that for families through the month of December, if you need like any e-learning support. Um, and, and we also have a tab on our website for e-learning. You can see testimonials of other families and just what that all includes. And then the last thing I would say we're pushing is that we just launched our online bookstore, which is really cool. So um, over the summer, we were gathering like all these authors and people I work with, we were able to uh, organize their work. So it's broken up by, so it's a directory we have that you can see there age range, genre, the theme of the book, all of that good stuff. And so you're able to be introduced to new authors, whether published or self-published. But then we also have an online bookstore where if you go in there, we've created like different categories that you can, if you're looking for books for your family, um, you can go there and get it as well, so. Awesome, awesome. I mean, it sounds incredible. I have two, my twins love to read. So oh, we're definitely going to have, they are 12. Oh yeah, they will love it. Awesome. Yes. So I have to check it out for them because I mean, it just sounds like an incredible experience where kids, um, you know, it's one thing to see authors, but it's another thing to be able to see people who don't necessarily fit your idea of what an author is so not just even complexion but it's like so many different type of people it's not just you know people of color it's you know we all have different um you know looks and hobbies and activities like it's so many different type of people who are authors there isn't just this cookie cutter uh stamp <laughs> you know and so i think it's important for us as families and as parents to um, give our kids this opportunity so that they can really know, you know, what options are available to them in the future, just like you said. So this is great. The last thing I want to say, because you just said your um, children are 12. I don't know if you all know, his name is Jaquiel Jackson. Y'all know him? He's a, um, well, he's a, a, a youth activist in Chicago, and he does a lot of work with homelessness, and he just recently wrote a book. And so he's really, really awesome. But he just wrote a book. And so we're actually doing one of our author story times with him. Um, it's actually going to be on December the 12th because I, as much as possible, try to also put other children authors in front of the children because that is an encouragement. Um, he's 13. And so him just kind of sharing his journey and I mean, he's done so much. He just had a, a Marvel comic made out of him. So if you haven't known about him, it's called the, the I Am Project is the name of his organization. So he does blessing bags for homeless, homeless people around the city. Um, but he- Oh, I think I have heard about him. Was he on, ever connected with Steve Harvey? Yes, yep, yep. Oh, he's so, yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot. But we, we um, partnered and we're gonna do like an author story time with him. And I really am trying to push as many youth because I think it's important for children to see children his age. Like, look, I'm just a, a typical teen. Just, you know, I just went after what I want to do. So I, I agree that I think it's just about them seeing, like them changing their image of what an author can be. You know what I mean? Like, wait, you're 13? That means I can do a book too, you know? So. Yes, yes. Oh, well, definitely. I'm definitely going to put all of this in the show notes. Awesome. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share with our listeners? 
No, I just want to say thank you for this platform. Um, I'm excited to just even know that you are homeschool. I'm like some more people I can reach out to to get get some help. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to just you know support my child the best way I can. So this is you know I'm really big at just about like village and working together, and so I love creating bonds and relationships with people. So um, as far as the work that I do, if you just go to burstintobooks.org, you can, you know, you can learn about it, join our mailing list and you can just stay up to date. But I just want to say thank you for having me on. Not a problem. So glad to have had you. Now, I do want to know if you have any um, uh, social media outlets for Burst Into Books or is it strictly the website? Uh, we are on Instagram, Facebook. Everything is burst into books. So yes, we're on both. Okay. Yes. So everybody, please take a minute and show some support. You know, sometimes we are looking for ways to support small business owners and people that look like us as entrepreneurs. And we have to support. And one of the easy ways for us to do that is to follow our pages and let people know, hey, I saw you. I'm, you know, interested in what you're doing. And that is just one of the simplest ways to support an artist or an entrepreneur or someone who is doing something that um, resonates with you. So go to Burst Into Books and we will definitely have all of those links in the show notes. So we appreciate the conversation that you had with us. I think I was definitely touched. I loved hearing your story and we'll have to have you again because I know this was just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and we can follow up on how the virtual book club is going. I mean, much of a pain in the neck as this pandemic has been, it seems that there have been quite a few hidden blessings and gems to come out of it. And I'm so glad that your first into books is one of them. It sounds good. I have two avid readers too that are just kind of here. But, you know, I would love to, you know, help support them and further push their their love of reading. Yeah, you should sign them up. It would be great. It would be great. All right, everybody. Well, this has been a fantastic show and we definitely hope that you will tune in again next time. All right. Bye for now, everybody. Bye. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.